0: You know, I think that jazz is a great art when it's, you know, I mean, Endeavor certainly is a, mm-hmm. um, of course, it's a, it's a difficult music. It's, um, it relies heavily on improvisation, which is very difficult because everybody doesn't do that well. The name of the game is to do that.
1: jazz backstory. My name is Monk Rowe, and the first voice you heard was saxophonist Charles McPherson, setting us up for episode number five. Today we address the core element of jazz, the part that comes with the steepest learning curve, the mysterious and magical art of improvising. Most of us have a basic sense of what improvisation is. A band jamming live on stage, quarterback scrambling when the play breaks down, and a comedian riffing on stage at the improv. On occasion, I find it informative to turn to an actual dictionary to be reminded of the book definition. So reading from the Random House edition. Improvisation, a noun. Number one, to perform, deliver, or compose without previous preparation. Really? Okay, number two, to make or provide from whatever materials are available. Mm -hmm. I believe we heard a relevant definition in our third episode provided by Jazzman Clark Terry and I'll quote. Years before people in this field knew anything about theory, harmony, composition or counterpoint, they gave into their feelings in what they called get off. This is long before the term improvisation was in the dictionary pertaining to music. They called it get off, which meant that first you played a melody, thereafter you'd use that melody as a guide wire to superimpose extemporaneously a new one. Thank you Clark, Like most artistic practices, improvising is only partially definable. Nonetheless, as Charles McPherson stated, it is the name of the game. It is what jazz musicians do, and the particular way it is done distinguishes one player from another. So do not abandon all hope, ye who enter here. We shall get to the bottom of this topic, or somewhere close. Let's start with a lick from our orchestra. Pretty impressive. What do you think? Improvised or not? It certainly sounds jazzy. I assumed it was made up on the spot. Not so, stated our sax player. I was informed that it's just the circle. The circle? The circle of life? His response and a direct quote. No man. The circle of fifths. Just playing the changes up then down. You gotta know the circle. Okay, this refutes Random House definition number one, which stated no previous preparation required. I asked our orchestra for a definition of jazz improvising. After some reluctance, they jotted this down on the back of some sheet music. We start by playing a tune that has a melody, a form, and a chord structure. Then the rhythm section repeats the form and chords as accompaniment. The improviser creates a new melody. After everyone gets a taste, we come back to the original tune. If we do the same song again, the melodies we make up in the middle will be new and different from the first time around. Get it? I got it and was reminded of another artistic technique from one of my college art classes. The Triptych, a painting with three separate but connected frames. For my analogy, the left and right frames would look the same. The middle frame would be different, but somehow related. I can visualize it, but I asked a house band to help us hear it. So here's the premier performance of a triptych-type tune with a working title, ABA. it goes up, it goes down. Yeah, I like it. And I can hear that part in the middle, the get-off Clark Terry spoke about. Nicely done, considering the available materials. An obvious question, and one that I regularly asked of our interviewees. What is going on in your head when improvising? Can you describe what you're thinking about here are three accomplished improvisers on that topic. Pianist Bill Sharlop, saxophonist Charles McPherson, and clarinetist Ken Poplowski. Can you describe your improvising? This is I ask this question a lot and I guess a lot of different answers, but the thought process that happens when you're improvising.
2: Uh, at its best and at the level I feel I'm at now, no thought. One should not be sitting there doing analytical thought when you're improvising. You have... It's like language. You don't think about the next word you're going to say. You don't think about how to spell it or what that word is. You just say it. Mm -hmm. It's the same for me at the piano. Same for any musician worth their salt as a jazz musician. You think a phrase and you play that phrase. I don't think gee, that's the third, that's the seventh of the core, that's a dotted eighth, sixteenth, there's a whole rest here, mm-hmm. there's a half, there's a, all the technical things. Yeah. So understand what I, what I mean, and I, I hearken it to language, because in language you have to know how to conjugate, you have to know how to speak properly, how to get your ideas across in many different ways. You might say, I walked up the mountain, and you might say, I slowly walked up the mountain and then I ran and then I stopped and I took a rest, I had a ham sandwich, and then I got to the top of the mountain. Uh There's a lot of different ways to get there and I know many many different ways just as you would in a conversation, but you don't think about it, you just think of what you want to express. Mm -hmm. And that's the best analogy I can give for um, what happens when I'm improvising. Behind it is a great deal of knowledge and experience And the ability to listen, Um, that's the most important thing, is Mm -hmm. to listen to the players around you, or if you're playing solo, to listen to the air. Listen to the space, and listen to what the space needs. If it doesn't need anything, don't play anything. And um, it's something like that. Wow. That's a good answer. Yeah. like that. I could, of course, go into a very scholarly answer. Mm-hmm. Of, we do this when we're playing on this form, and if I was teaching a lesson to a piano student, I would go into things like that. But I don't think that that's what it is finally about. It's finally about immediate expression of the idea. Of course, it's
0: a, it's a difficult music. It's, um, it relies heavily on improvisation, which is very difficult because everybody doesn't do that well. The name of the game is to do that, uh, but because you're dealing with with the spontaneity, that's what can make it difficult and not sound so good sometimes. Mm. So to pull it off, you have to be extra. Some you have to be something, you know. Yeah. To pull it off. Uh, and uh, if you
1: play a tune, if you're playing on uh, all the things you are. Mm-hmm. Have you internalized that tune enough over the years that you don't have to think about
3: the
0: this two five one and that oh yeah. Yeah. Pretty much all music. You know, um you you have to do that when you're maybe learning a tune. But then once the tune is committed to memory, the form, the structure, and the the elements that make the tune what it is. Uh, I don't think any real pro that's been playing for a number of years really thinks about that. It's pretty much like when you get ready to talk, you don't really say, I'm saying an infinitive. I'm saying this is a verb, this is an adjective phrase. You don't really say that. You just need to say whatever it is you want to
4: say, and then you try to do it. And you, you do do it whatever you read or whatever you you know live, it all comes into your music, so you can't sit there while you're playing and think about every single chord and, and what can I play over this, what can I play over this, because the best moments when you're improvising, you're actually uh, it's all, I hate to say this, but it's almost an out-of-body experience. You can actually listen to yourself playing. You forget about everything. You're just sailing through the changes and saying, oh. Hey, why did I? How did I play that? You know,
1: and how do I get out of something that I didn't mean to play? Yeah. that
4: ever happen to you? Oh, of course. In fact, sometimes you can do that. You you play little tricks on yourself. You paint yourself into a corner, and then you try to get out of it. But as Dizzy Gillespie said one time, that you're only a half step away from salvation at any <laughs> given moment, because when you when you um, look at a chord and you look at um, Extensions of the chord if you keep adding thirds onto the chord you, you have every note in the chromatic scale anyway uh-huh. So it's all how it comes out at the end how you resolve a phrase so to me the object is um, Not to think about every chord as an individual thing but the whole thing is a big picture and your object is to get to from point A to point B and tell a story and have a flow to it you know beginning a middle and an
2: end
1: I hear three takeaways from these improvisers. Number one, they operate in the world of spontaneity. Number two, preparation is required to be successful in that environment. And thirdly, improvising is much like speaking, creating a language with sound instead of words. It can be argued that all styles of music have a distinctive language. In classical genres, The musical information is provided predominantly by the composer, who indicates not only the notes to play, but also stipulates the way to play them. The musician's main task is to give sound and life to the printed page, with a modicum of personal expression. The jazz player composes or is provided with a melody, then expected to get off it, the B section in our musical triptych and the most challenging task is choosing from the multitude of available choices. While listening to the other band members and keeping in mind how long they should play, an improviser makes spontaneous choices with pitch, phrasing, dynamics, rests, long and short notes, personal expression, the list goes on. I can attest that an infinite number of musical options does not necessarily make things easier. Veteran trumpeter Joe Wilder and vocalist Diane Reeves spoke about wisely limiting their choices to achieve the best possible outcome. Is it possible to to verbalize what you think about on any particular tune while you're playing?
5: No, I don't know. These, These things come to you automatically. I mean, sometimes, usually if I'm going to play something while someone else is playing, I'll try to think of something that I would like to start introduce my solo with uh, something that's relative to the to the quality the, the nature of the piece itself mm-hmm. and and uh, something that fits kind of harmonically with what's going on and I usually try to think about that and and I also think it's it's just a, imp- improvisation is it's like giving a speech or or something like that you have a subject and you're Interpretation of it may differ from mine, but it's still basically the same subject. So that's the theme that you're you're improvising around, and you, and you're trying to play something that enhances it, uh, and and also adds a little a, a little different flavor to it. So you don't come in and play exactly what the person before you. Even you may even extract some of what he played as a lead-in to what you're going to do. You know, and and so you get that dovetailing. It's like passing the baton in a relay. Race, You do it smoother, you know, you don't do this, you're running and you pick up the same speed uh, yeah. as that person who, whom you're, you're going to accept the baton for or pass it to and you get that smooth transition, you know. Yeah. That's, that's if you listen to a lot of uh, improvisation in, in different groups, you when they have a, that smooth transfers from one yeah. to the other, that's the way it does, it. that's where it comes off.
6: Yeah. It has a lot to do with what the song is about for me, you know. Mm-hmm. I know in working with um, different musicians, I, I did an album called The Grand Encounter. And I remember anytime we did a song, the musicians would always say, Now, what was, what are the lyrics to this song? They always want to know the lyrics to the song so that oh. they could, you know, really, really. Um, Tell the story in a, I guess, in a way without words, and that's basically kind of how I think mm-hmm. when I'm, you know, "Lullaby of Birdland" is. I think for me, um, more than anything, it's uh, it's nostalgia because when I first heard the song, I remember where I was, uh-huh. who I was, how young I was, and what an impact it made on me, and I think that you know when i'm singing i'm thinking about wow i wish if i were in that session how it would be what i would mm-hmm. do and and i guess that's what that was yeah.
1: do you find that you would change your choice of syllables and sounds depending on what kind of music you're scatting over
6: mm, it really has a lot to do with placement of pitches and sound and i you know i always look at improvisation, at least for me, is you know the words that you can't say, the things that come out of your soul. Mm-hmm. And any song that I sing, um, I'll change uh, the, the, the sound or the timbre in my voice to fit what it is that I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So that probably is true with improvisation as well.
1: Words of wisdom that can only come after years of gigs and interaction with other musicians. As we wrap up episode 5, I have the feeling that an opening disclaimer would have been in order. We made progress, but an exact and all-encompassing definition of jazz improvisation is really impossible. For me, that's rather a good thing. I like a bit of unknown, the happy accidents, and the magic that defies explanation. As the renowned jazz critic Whitney Ballier wrote, Jazz is the sound of surprise. And for a surprise, there needs to be a bit of mystery. Our jazz vocabulary word of the day has obviously been improvisation, but I'll add another Actually, a group of words. Jazz Tales from Jazz Legends, the title of a recent book I co authored with Romy Bertel for the Phileas Jazz Archive. It offers nine chapters of memorable excerpts from our oral history interviews, first hand accounts of the jazz life from artists like Marion McPartland, Joe Williams, Dave Brubeck, John Hendricks, and many more. Jazz Tales from Jazz Legends is available from Amazon.com. I think it will hit the perfect note with you. While a perfect definition of jazz improvising may not be forthcoming, this succinct offering from baritone saxophonist Gary Smulyan comes pretty darn close.
0: Jazz is a lot more than uh, just playing by ear or by feeling. You know, this is pro- this, this, this misconception that uh, oh man, I'm a jazz man, man, I play what I feel, man. You know. And I, 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 that's not what it is. Jazz is really four things have to hook up, right? Which um, What you can think, what you can hear, what you can feel, and what you can execute on your horn.
1: I love it and think it's worth repeating. What you can think, what you can hear, what you can feel, and what you can execute on your horn. We have passed our first season halfway point and a whole note of gratitude goes out to my support team at Hamilton's IT Services, to student Jason Lever for his technical assistance, and to Romy Bertel for interview transcriptions and content guidance. And kudos to our house band, the orchestra in a nutshell, who played an expanded role in this episode. It occurs to me that I have yet to assign any homework. And I'm doing the air quotes here. So here's a listening assignment, if you're so inclined. One that will take precisely seven minutes and three seconds. Google the jazz recording Mr. PC by John Coltrane and have a listen. In our next visit, we will examine how a song with an 11-second melody can be transformed into a performance lasting over seven minutes. We'll see you on the flip side.